So Snakey's Tap Talk is back. I'm joined by a legend of the funeral celebrant game, a vicar by trade, and more recently, a successful podcaster, Mr. Joe Davis. How are you? I'm very well indeed. I'm Cheers. delighted to be here. Cheers, this buddy. Is, so we're at Joe's house. We're, we're off for a curry in a minute. But he said to me, oh, should we do a bit of the podcast? I said, right, we'll do the intro quick. So this will be recorded in two parts, but it's going to be seamless. They're not even going to know. Such is your professionalism, somehow. Joe thought, oh, I've got a couple of beers out to try. So we're currently on the Two Tribes Metro land. I said, he gave me options. I said, let's go Two Tribes Metro land because I've just been to Paris. Nice. Metro, very easy to get around. Classy, Expensive for a beer. Half pint, how much do you reckon? Oh, I'm going to say £4.50. Six euros. Terrible. For a half pint, awful. Terrible. But Paris, a great city. If you're looking for a romantic getaway, it's definitely it. And if you're looking for somewhere cheaper, Bogner's very mm. good idea. <laughs> so I'm told, so I'm told down the front. Well, very similar places. Um, so as I've mentioned, we're off for a curry this evening. So I felt that tonight was perfect time to get you on the podcast. <laughs> we're going to Shafiq's. A firm favourite of our bo- of both of ours. Oh, love Shafiq. I used to go years ago. You uh, got me back into it in the summer. Good. good. And uh, yeah, haven't looked back. But <laughs> dry January as well. We're recording this at the end of the month. Yeah. Well, Has it been a dry January? It's been moist. Moist, yeah. <laughs> For me, January, it's like it's Victoria's birthday, one of my best mate's yeah, birthdays. No, like this it. weekend... I was at the brew house for a 30th on Saturday night. I had a little, went to a little Mexican fiesta on Sunday oh, afternoon, a couple of drinks. It's nice. January, it's a gloomy month. It's, you know, it's. Yeah, it would be better to stop in July. Or yeah, August. but not, then it's summer. It's dark but then and it's difficult. summer. And, <laughs> but yeah, so dry Jan has definitely not happened. I don't think I'll ever do it all the time that Victoria's. Uh, Still keen for a beer with her birthday. You know, you, you can't do drugs, Jan. So, we'll talk early life. You know, yep. I know a bit about you, Joe. We've known each other for sort of nine years now. Here we are. But let's go back to the start. It is a beer related podcast. Yeah. Alcohol, family life, did it play a part? Was did, it. In none of my family life. No, no they were pretty dry. I mean, they just didn't. They didn't like it. They didn't. No. They didn't do it. I think there was ginger wine at Christmas or something. Okay, that was probably the extent of it all. Uh, well, <laughs> well, but that was it. And no. then, so from there, because when I get guests on, we talk about, as I say, yeah. first experiences, and like you know, you've got yeah. the people that I I always say my first experience. I remember after a football tournament on six aside mum and dad said you can have half a can of fosters and it was like brilliant yeah. but you know you know mum and dad that that's our family life and yeah. the episode I did with amy very much shone a light on that did. so from your episode. from your <laughs> point of view then so what was your first experience of a, of I, a beer of a wine of a uh well i think i think it was i can't remember the exact time but it was with mates it wasn't a bad experience no. it wasn't like a vomit everywhere and then hate alcohol no it was all quite good it was beers down the pub at first with the gang i used to be in a band nice first band was called the headaches <laughs> and quality yeah ties in with the beer podcast <laughs> for sure and then uh and then uh, i guess i worked for marks and spencer yeah. and actually i was in the food department for a little bit and that, so that's when i got into wine even though the wine was dreadful back in the kind of late 80s it was terrible but the department was ever expanding it was yeah. a good time okay for the wine industry so 
you started tasting it and drinking it and getting into it. So I, I, I probably quickly shifted from beer a bit into wine. Into and and wine. the wine thing has stayed. But I still love a beer every now well, and then. Well, that's the thing. can't beat it, but, but it isn't my drink of choice. We'll get on to your wine, <laughs> you know, your lockdown wine club and things oh, like yeah. that. that. That's a story for later on. But so then, okay, I didn't even know you were in a band. So the podcast listeners and myself are learning things oh. about you straight away. So from there, you know, that really being in a band, playing gigs, that does yeah. tie in with having a beer before or playing and then having a beer afterwards. A little bit, yeah, 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 it did. But to be honest, we were we were from this like church youth group, so yeah. they earnest little young <laughs> young religious people, who, you, you know. So we we weren't going crazy or, no, or okay. mental like. But so, yeah. where did you grow up? Gillingham. In, in Gillingham, Gilles, as it was the Rainham End, number twelve, <laughs> yeah. the Rainham End. Um, yeah. Gilles. So. You know, did you have a like? Is there a, a pub that you oh. you can transport, tra yeah. like, take oh, yourself yeah. back to? No, listen, I can I can promise you that within five minutes walk of my house, there were eighteen pubs. Wow! I mean, I'm I'm guessing at least half of them would be closed now. And there was a pub right opposite my first house because I got married when I was nineteen. Yeah, and, you know, started going out with Rachel when I was fifteen. And you know, like unlike your good self, you're a very good looking man, Sam. I think. <laughs> Joe, you, you know, no, no, listen, you and Amy. <laughs> You know, you're solid tens. We know that. <laughs> but most of it, you know, and, I, and from which I, you know, hold your mum entirely responsible, not your father. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, when you, when you, you know, kind of look like this face, you know, like if, you, if someone shows the slightest bit of interest, you propose, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so married at 19, lived opposite pub. Did you get in the pub much? Yeah, Saxon Street. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, okay. I'll, go, I'll go over there. Was my proper, I've always supported my local. Yeah. And we're, again, we'll get on to that Even later. Even when they're terrible dives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so then, as I've mentioned, you know, minister by trade. So what took you from that life into theological college and going down that sort of route? Well, I was working for Marks and Spencer and that was all great. But I was also part-time youth worker and I wanted to develop the youth work more. And... The truth is, I came to the sort. I had a bit of an experience as a teenager where I started going to church. So I wasn't grown up in it, I, and and uh, and that all happened while I was on holiday. And they said, "Oh, you should go to a local church." And I went to a local church, and I honestly thought this is the most boring thing I've ever been to <laughs> in my entire life. Everything they told me about Jesus and everything was great, but this was just men in suits looking miserable, and people singing. Look, I couldn't believe it. So that, in a funny way, even back then, I thought one of these days I'm going to be a minister and I'll mm. do church a bit different. To, to you, you looked at it and went, this oh, yeah, change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I became a youth worker and I was working for an incredible organisation called the Oasis Trust. It's still going. I was the seventh member of staff. There's over 40,000, I think. Now. I mean, it's incredible. That yeah. It's global and everything. Anyway, so I started working with them, went and trained as a minister, thought I'm never going to do this full time. I'm not going to be a typical minister. But I did. Uh, so I worked part-time in a design studio with a mate. I'm not a designer, but I've kind of right. got business. Yeah. And then, again, working in the wine industry, designing wine labels. Wow, and okay. And then, um, and then, and then uh, a mate down here at Maybridge Community Church yeah. said, uh, we need a full-time associate minister. Do you want to come down? And I love this church because it was involved in the community and doing some really creative stuff. So I came down here yeah. and... and uh, 
And that was that. So, so full-time minister. Full-time minister. So <laughs> Baptist from, minister, I used to say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Not a vicar, technically. So when you were doing, like, when you were around those churches, obviously, you yeah. just said it straight there. People think, like, old, boring. And that's not yeah. the church. And I think no. from... It is some of it. It is some of it, for sure. But I'm sure you have your different examples and different experiences. And one of the key parts of it is probably that, like, you've gone to different places and we'll mm. get onto that in a minute, but you've gone to different places. So then you've mingled with different people yeah. and it's the church opens so many more avenues for you. And then from a socializing point of view, having a wine, having yeah. a beer. Yeah. 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 And yeah, for sure. Cause the wine does go hand in hand with the church. With, it does. It yeah. very, very much does. As we all know, Jesus first uh, miracle was to turn literally gallons of water, water into wine. Into wine. It's a literal thing. No. But we have, come on to that. Yeah, we'll come on it's, to it's, that. It's a later. story. It's, it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, going from that water into wine situation, you've probably had times as a minister in the areas that you've been working in where people have turned up and you've thought, I've not got anything in. If only I could change it into <laughs> that. So from that point of view, where have you, you know, where have you been Work wise, we've touched on you started, you lived in Gillingham, you've, you've worked, but from a minister point of view, it has taken you to different places. Yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, previously I was in uh, Streatham uh, in London and then, uh, and then I moved to Croydon. What a lovely place Croydon is. Well, there's a lot of Brighton fans on, <laughs> that listen to this pod, so uh, I mean, yeah. there is a football link in a minute. Luckily, it's oh. not Crystal Palace. Well, I'll tell you, when we moved to Streatham, here's the fact. Everyone around me was Palace fans and they took me to Crystal Palace and I would go with them and I'd watch the games and I'd, you know, I'd think, well, I suppose it's better quality than Jill's, to be fair. But, you know, I, you know, there was nothing that set me alight. And then a Coventry fan said, Coventry are playing Wimbledon. Do you fancy coming? I went, yeah, of course. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go see the Dons. Yeah. And it was an incredible game. 2-2 two, two, the result. Vinnie Jones sent off for basically saving a goal. He pushed a ball with his hands. Bearing in mind, he wasn't a goal. Yeah. Pushed a ball with his hands round the corner. It was a beautiful save. Got sent straight off. And uh, and that was it. That was I, I knew they were my team. Like, were I was going to be a Dons fan from there. So I was the only Dons fan. I mean, sea of Palace supporters. But well, I that, loved them. You know, from that point of view, like going to, as you say, the Rainham End at Gillingham at Priestfield, <laughs> which again has got a link to Brighton. Stre- yeah, of course. Streatham yeah. linked. Yeah, yeah. You know, Streatham surrounded by Palace fans, another link to Brighton. Wimbledon, so you were going to Wimbledon when yeah. it was sort of still the crazy gang era. It was very the, the much. height was, of Wimbledon. It was the crazy gang era then. And then there was a little fallow patch because there was skin. I mean, I was working at a church. Well, Sammy Haman sold all the players. Yeah, well, oh, no, you, you're going on a bit now. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, he did. So, and then, and then I went to college. But even the college days, you, you know, again, I'm, you know, because I'm a mature student with two kids. Yeah. And, but we, what was great was the Channel Tunnel had just sort of recently opened. Okay. And if you went about four in the morning, you could get a return ticket for a fiver. So me and a mate at, at college, I mean, and, and only a few times were we actually late for the, theology lectures. <laughs> 
We would head off at four in the morning, do a massive booze cruise yeah. at the car four over there. Yet we could be back by about eleven o'clock. No one missed us. No. And we got <laughs> we got bottles of wine for a quid. That was great. Back in the glory days. <laughs> back in the glory days. And then while I was still training at college, this opportunity came up to be the chaplain for Wimbledon. Yes. And but and I wasn't I mean, to be fair, it wasn't really working with the first team, it was more with the young people and, the, and, and again, like and that goes so that was great. worked straight back with your youth work and Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good times. So two seasons I was there. Uh, you chaplain, were the chaplain of circa ninety-four to ninety-six. Oh yeah. <laughs> fair play, fair play. So then Obviously, after you've worked in Streatham, gone to Croydon, quickly before we move on from there, actually, you mentioned to me earlier that, and you mentioned on the pod earlier, wherever you went, yeah. whether it was a dive, whether it was oh, the goodness. nicest country pub in the place. Oh. So what were the pubs like in Streatham and oh, Croydon? Okay, so uh, Streatham, yeah, uh, pub right around the corner. It was good, but it was dangerous, you know, like, you know, there were a couple of murders there while I was there. So, you know, a little bit nervous. Uh, and then I moved to Croydon and uh, and and the, that was the biggest dive. I, I won't say the name of the no. pub, but those, uh, those people who know are familiar with the Gloucester area, which is on the ro- road out of um, Croydon towards Sellers Park. Yeah. <laughs> that was my local. And I mean, it was rough. But what was great is, you know, like I didn't want my Mike, my son, yeah. to grow up in a like little Christian subculture because it can be a very, a very introspective world. The church sometimes. So, you know, I would take him there. We played pool. He was he was a young lad, and you know the locals there. Their affectionate name, <laughs> as I would go in, was Joe. You effing C. <laughs> I, I can't bring myself. You can't to say bring that. I can't bring that. myself to say that. But, but, you know, but that was a term of endearment. You know, yeah. that was a, that was a way of acceptance, and I think Mike. Learned not to be so scared by that yeah. kind of stuff because he didn't hear much of that language no. in the church. And it's probably, and, <laughs> and again, like you say, from like a social point of view, yeah. do you want Mike to grow up in this small church, no, exactly, small no. church community, you know, Sunday school and things like that? Or, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, okay, we're going to go to the pub. Dad's going to have a beer. You're going to have a yeah, exactly. But you're going to have a bag of crisps and a yeah. bottle of coke. We're yeah, gonna, exactly right. We're going to play pool and. You're gonna meet people from all different. Yeah, and you really do. You're gonna see real life. You're gonna yeah, see exactly. real life and meet people from all different corners of the world. Yeah, like and, and different co- of society rather than the people that yeah. we see on Sunday at church. And we're not gonna make this a spiritual podcast because no. I know it's not. But but what's important for you to understand about me and perhaps for your listeners is that to go to a pub and to play pool is no more, no less spiritual than going to a prayer meeting in yeah. a church or a service or a baptism or whatever it is you're going for. Like, there is no sacred secular divide. Like, for me, what was really special about tonight, the most spiritual moment, was going and having a meal with you yeah. and a couple of beautiful people sharing <laughs> life together. Because that is that is religion at its best. Yeah. We're connecting with We're one another. We're breaking bread. That is what true religion yeah. is. I think I've, I've bored you over no. meals. So I won't do it again, but religion, the literal word religio, it's a Latin word. It means re-ligament, reconnection. True religion is about reconnecting to ourselves, to other people, uh, to, to, the, to the creation, to the universe. So, you know, you can do that 
in fact, I would argue you could do it easier over a curry than you can in a church building. Yeah. So, well, you know, all of life is spiritual. Exactly. Because when you go for a curry, when you have a couple of beers with friends, yeah. you know, you're talking and you're finding out about that person. You're finding out, yeah. you know, they're feeling comfortable. They can tell you That's about right. how their day's been. They're good. They're good points. They're bad points at that time, yeah. rather than in church and, you know, and I think that's maybe one of the good things about drinking. You don't often talk about the really no. good things about drinking. I know you do on your podcast. Well, and but you is, know, like you know that that yeah. sweet zone of a couple of drinks that just relaxes people enough. They haven't drunk too much. Yeah. They're just just feeling a little bit then, more comfortable yeah. themselves, and that that can actually sometimes really allow a beautiful connection to happen. There's a fine line. There's that point yeah. where you have you know, and we spoke about it with uh, one of the people we were at dinner with tonight, and having that fine line of then getting too drunk and then having that awful yeah, sure. feeling the of next course. morning but there is certainly a, a point in case and as you say like you know f- let's turn this to the religion my gospel my, yeah come my on tell me the gospel sam, of sam sam hot sammy the snake snakey's <laughs> tap talk tap talk my point in life about beer is it's it is it can be a a tough thing for people yeah. it can be addictive it can be it can ruin people's lives and it can ruin people's families and health. However, at the same time, it gives people jobs, breweries, pubs, yeah. you know, it's part of the economy, it's part of society. And rather than let's us seeing it as this poison, yeah. let's actually see it as let's celebrate it because And do you know who we have to thank for beer? Jesus. The religious. The religious. <laughs> the religious. Yeah, no, well, I think it started with monks. Did that, were they not the first people to create beer? I believe. Maybe. I believe they were. But, but from, so, yeah, yeah. So from my point of view, it's like, and this is partly why I started the podcast and talking about nights out. And I don't want it to have this connotation of it's the devil's. It's sure. The, yeah. It's the devil's water. The devil's you know, urine. The devil's urine. <laughs> we're, you know, people go and get drunk and they do stupid things and that it, it's a bad thing in moderation if you drink within your limits and you can yeah. and you feel comfortable to be able to go out have drinks with yeah. friends and not be you know have too many or have a problem sort of thing. if you can be in that safe space and have those drinks the then spot. it's a, yeah. the sweet spot exactly yeah. that yeah. it's a sociable thing yeah it is it's good you know okay drinking too much beer and having that anxiety the next can be bad but also going for a few beers with your mates when you feel like shit is good for your mental health going yeah. and playing pool or playing darts with your mates and just getting away yeah. from your life's troubles we talked about earlier about work with you know i mentioned joe's a funeral celebrant i'm a funeral director mm. yeah. you know having a horrendous day having a real tough mm. funeral and going actually do i want to go and sit at home and think about it all night or should I go down the golden line mm. and play a game of pool and have a yeah. pint of carling? I don't yeah. know what you drink. Oh, I probably hope you say a Greek king. Greek so I'd king. have an abbot. An abbot. Have a pint of abbot and think, actually, I'm just going to relax a bit and I'm not going to think about the day I've had. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to watch whatever sure. football's on the telly and talk to the locals. Yeah, and the locals are great down there. Yeah. And we'll, <laughs> we'll get on to them. So, but that does sort of flip in nicely to... Uh, your move from the London area down to Worthing. Yeah. You come and join the Maybridge Church. Came and join the Maybridge Church. It was a church of about 150 people. 
Um, while I was there, it grew to 500, which is quite a big uh, deal. I was working with a, a friend. And again, because it was doing good, it was doing the stuff church is meant to do, not just religious services, but doing really active things in the community, doing breakfast clubs at the local school, doing Handshake, which was a scheme matching volunteers to needs in the community. So people could volunteer and go and help people with whatever needed doing. It was, it was really good. And then it, yeah, then it hit a slight kind of weird spot yeah. over the whole same sex thing. And, um, and you know, I couldn't toe the party line on that particular one. So. And... Do you know what? I know, you know, you've gone into a lot of detail with me on this story before. You don't have to on the podcast, whatever you yeah. want to do. But you, well, I mean, the main part maybe of religion at times, I don't want to talk out of turn because yeah. I'm not a massively religious person. But Yeah, but you, you are had, a spiritual person. You had your beliefs yeah. and you stuck to them. And actually, you're yeah. in this church that, you know, is all meant to be about your beliefs yeah. and things like that. And then actually, because you stuck to your beliefs, they sort of... Were... Yeah, I mean, they, they got a downer on on, on people of the, who are attracted to same sex, as all, all there is to it, as so much of the church does. I mean, there is this kind of homophobic undertone. Well, I see that as in direct conflict with the teaching of Jesus. Because yeah. what I see the gospel of Jesus, you know, we've heard the gospel yeah. of Sam, which is, you know, perhaps some notch up, can't, I wouldn't like to say, but... The gospel of Jesus is everybody matters. Yeah. Everyone's included. No one is excluded from the kingdom of God. God, you know, everyone is loved. Everyone is accepted. Everyone has a place. Everybody belongs. So what a church should be is it, we, we are here to sort of help mirror that. Yeah. You know, to show what that actually looks like. Loads of diversity, loads of disagreements. People don't all think the same thing. People don't all believe. It doesn't matter because our baseline is everyone is created in the image of God. Everybody matters. Everyone deserves equality, yeah. and love, and acceptance. So that's that's what I think the church should be about. Yeah. And when the church isn't about that, I'm afraid it has lost its way. Yeah. And so then... and it has lost its way. We know it has. Institutional religion and I don't really have much to do with each other now, and that's sad. You know, I own it. I'm I'm a part of the Church of Jesus, but I don't believe what no. most people believe, and so I don't even call myself Christian nowadays because. Even that word has loads of baggage, as does the word God. When I say God, people immediately have a whole load of assumptions about what I'm talking about, but I'm probably not talking about no. what think, especially if they think he's an old man with a beard who sits in the crowd. Because that is not what you think. No, he's absolutely no, you do not. I, don't, I genuinely don't yeah. think that's what the Bible says either, to no. be honest, but there you go. And then, so, you know, that happens at the yep. church, so then you've got to find... You know, that is yeah. an income of as such. Yeah, it was. You, you've got to, one, something you mentioned earlier to us when we were at our meal was that when you moved to Worthing, you said to your lovely wife, Rachel, <laughs> we're never moving again. I promised her we would not do it again. What I did not see coming <laughs> was getting the elbow from the church. <laughs> so that was difficult because other churches did want me to go yeah. and be their leader. And then, and then you've got this decision of, Can't well, do, do we go for the safe option and move <laughs> yeah. and go yeah. and have that safe option of going and working in a different church? Yeah. yeah. Or do I, do you diversify what you do? And that's how you then became into funeral celebrity. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. Because Obviously. people like your good dad took a punt on me, you know, because it's a risky thing, as you know. I yeah. carry your reputation when yeah, I stand absolutely. up there. So I'm very acutely aware of the responsibility. And then from there, yeah. okay, you've done funerals under the church umbrella yeah. before and things, but then you're doing it and you're doing it your own way. Something that I find 
brilliant about the service that you do for me when I ask you to look after families is that you yeah. can do somewhere in between. Yeah. You can have a celebrant led service and this is all this yeah. is very getting into my, my realm. <laughs> getting into your much. world a bit here. Well, but you have a celebrant back to drinking. <laughs> you have a celebrant led service which is a celebration of that person's life. But what yeah. you can do perfectly is that you can still have those religious undertones because again, yeah. not wanting to get too much into what I do, but a lot of people still feel that they they've been brought up on a traditional funeral. Oh, is yeah. we have a hymn, yeah. we have a prayer, yeah. we have the Lord's prayer, yeah. we have a religious committal, and we go. Yeah. And it's changing people's perception on that to say yeah. actually you don't have to have a hymn. No, you can have a prayer and Lord's prayer if you want to, yeah. but it is your choice. It is literally Absolutely, have yeah. the funeral how you want to have yeah. it. And that's how becoming a funeral celebrant comes into that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of the funerals I do are totally non-religious. There's no prayers, there's no hymns or anything. There. But for me, they are still profoundly spiritual. As you're and, celebrating someone's yeah, life, you and, know, and that's fabulous. And straight away, I've yeah. put on my little sheet that I often talk about on the podcast, my little uh, worksheet. Yeah. Your services are quite spiritual because that yeah. is your beliefs, is yeah. that, you know, as you've just mentioned, that you don't think God is this big bearded man in the clouds, but you believe in the spirits. And something that you speak about a lot during your service is Brian Cox and the yeah. science and the atoms. Uh, and, yeah, that stuff blows yeah. my mind. I mean, and Brian Cox is fantastic. He's I mean, a self-confessed atheist, but he's he's got such a wonderful sense of wonder at the universe. Do you know? Mm. I mean, you watch any of his programs, I mean. And it's very infectious. You know, you can't help but get enthusiastic about the things he's enthusiastic about because he's looking at the world and just seeing such wonder. Well, the whole universe, in fact. And, and it is incredible. For me, it deepens a sense of the divine. Yeah. Not, not disproves it in any way. But everyone reacts differently. Yeah. And then, so this, you know, this fits in perfectly with the last part of the, like, the chat, really, is that... I did mention at the beginning of the episode for those yeah. that have uh, been taking notes. You are a podcaster now. You've been a podcaster <laughs> for. I think I looked on your website, uh, which I'll put in the links and things. Oh, but, thanks. Um, about two hundred episodes, per se. Yeah, yeah, we are. And <laughs> so, how long has has that been? We've been two, going five years. Five years. Five years now. Yeah. And it's you and an author. Yeah, yeah. Nick yours. Page is a dear friend of mine. And, do you know, it, it, we were just wanting to, to speak to people who wanted a bit more of a grown-up mm. faith. You know, maybe they, you know, they're going to church, but they're not happy or they stop going to church. And actually, you're given a choice between, like, being a real sort of quite fundamentalist sort of religious person yeah. and buying into the whole institutional baggage or being an atheist. And I think both of those positions are quite fundamental what if there's a space in between what if you don't have to believe all the stuff that goes with you know what's traditionally yeah. been seen as religion but you you're not necessarily an atheist you're open to a sense of wonder and connection in the universe but the you don't want to give it all the religious language so we did this podcast called mid-faith crisis uh which was just meant to be a play on midlife <laughs> crisis obviously because we're men of a certain age but it meant just to be this conversation. We assumed when we started, we'd have, you know, 50 friends and family and, you know, that would be it. Yeah. And we'd do, maybe we'd do 10 episodes and, you know, we want to talk about what's ended up happening is none of our friends and family listen, of course. Actually, it's not quite true. 
but lots of other people. I mean, now we get, you know, emails from all over the world, people yeah. coming in and everything, and, and, and which is amazing because we're both useless at social And you media. do a little bit of, am I right in saying that you sometimes do a bit of like a podcast meet-up once a year, like retreat? Oh, yeah, 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 we do that. Many and beers we, on we, that? We, yeah, there are, there are. Well, and cocktails. In fact, yeah. Nick is, 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 is really becoming quite the cocktail maker. So quite, quite the alchemist. It's quite the alchemist. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. Any opportunity to meet the listeners yeah. is so special. It's so wonderful. Because, and as you say, yeah. like you, you know, I, I look on my, on my sort of figures as such, and I have, there's a place uh, in Portland, I think it is, uh, <laughs> in in America, and no, I, I, I'm, I'm really letting myself down here, but, and they're probably listening to this going, we're never going to listen. <laughs> but I've got like two listeners in this little. Town, it's amazing. How did they find out? How, How did, did they, they find? And, but they listen. They listen every week. I know. And funny. I can sit because you can look at each episode and see an area where it's been listened well, to. Well, a particularly warm hello to both of you there. Yeah, <laughs> wherever it is. I can't remember my mind's gone. But, and it, it's good, isn't it? Like, it is. when you have that. It's like, lovely, yeah. It's great. Connection. And from your point of view, you've got to meet them. Maybe one day I'll have a uh, podcast day out to the cricket or something. <laughs> um, but just the last thing uh, yeah. before we do the little Q&A and a bit of quick yeah. fire. But I remember... Um, when we went for our curry at Shafiq's last time, you mentioned, so when the lockdown came, yeah, which was a tough time for everyone. Yeah, it was. You and your friends did a, like a lockdown wine club. We did a lockdown wine club. And that fits perfectly with this podcast. Oh, well, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. You remember, we couldn't go out and there's yeah. so many groups. Now. So what we did was people would deliver a bottle of wine to my doorstep um, on their hourly walk um, that yeah. they were allowed and uh, so i'd end up with like seven or eight bottles of wine but what what i did was i bought off the amazon um 400 of these little bottles you know like smoothie bottles rachel yeah. was very impressed that i both bought that quantity and plastic she had something to say about it anyway yeah. never mind that's a distraction so then what would happen is i'd have these bottles i would decant decant each wine into eight little yeah. bottles and then I would then deliver a on package on my walk, like, you know, six or seven little bottles of wine yeah. uh, to everyone. And then we'd meet up on Zoom and we'd have a wine tasting. Anyway, oh. these became hilarious. They were so much fun. And, uh, you know, people you, you wouldn't even expect could play banjos on these evenings. And, you know, we, we really had a t- They were the highlight of lockdown. Mm. I mean, they, they were tough times, weren't they? Well, it, yeah. but it was so good and so sociable and so lovely. And, of course, what was great when lockdown finished, you know, one of the things we were all looking forward to was an actual in-person wine tasting. Everyone bought their favourite bottle of wine and it was just a glorious... Around this sacred table. table. Or the altar, as you know I call it. (laughs) Because this is where life happens. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, that was the thing. Like, lockdown... Lockdown was partly why I got into my craft beers a lot. Because I couldn't spend money on nights out. I couldn't spend money on going to football. couldn't spend money on going to cricket. (laughs) So... I saved a bit of money, but also, you know, right. Got yourself what, nice beers. What am I doing this week? Oh, well, Monday I'm staying in. Tuesday, <laughs> yeah, Wednesday looks similar. Thursday looks similar. <laughs> Friday looks similar. Yeah. yeah. So basically it then got to a point where 
you know, going for a run after work and going, actually, I'm going to order those 12 craft beers. And the problem with craft beer is it's not cheap. No. So, but that's why Small it had, batch. That's why it had such a, you know, such a uh, spike during lockdown because people did yeah. have a little bit more, you know. But I'm not great. saying and Do you everyone... like going into the stories behind it as a producer? Yeah, I like, I like looking into, you know, yeah. why. And I like going, right. Okay, I'm gonna get what's from Arundel. I'm gonna look at. Yeah. I'm gonna order from uh, Hepworth, which is sort really? of on on the road. I think they're Bullbrough Hepworth, right. and you know, then going. Okay, I've heard about Tiny Rebels. So I'll order them from Wales, and right. they're like the and just Brilliant. going trying all this and you know all the weird and wonderful ones and. Fantastic. Yeah, it was just brilliant. Um, Good and yeah, sort of maybe if you look long run maybe that's why we've got a podcast called snakey's tactical <laughs> thank you for the chat that was fantastic it's i'm been just a gonna, real privilege yeah, thank you i'll mate. take you through my questions great really. Do it. so you can only go to one pub for the rest of your Ooh. life so basically this means yeah you go and you go and u-turn on what you told rachel and you move house right you move to timbuktu yeah but on the corner of your road in timbuktu you can put a pub what pub are you putting there? Oh, that's that's hard because I've always, you know, I just go to my local. Okay, right. There's a pub in a place called Sea Houses in uh, Northumberland. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's it called? Uh, but it's got timepieces everywhere. It's full of character. It serves incredible real beer. And, you know, that is a great pub. So that's my. So that would be your. That's my desert time. island, but I'd take that and I'd probably put it in Cozumel. I was going to say a little bar in Cozumel, but it's not a British no, pub, so it doesn't count. Pub, yeah. yeah. Um. So have you had any like big nights out? Like, is there big one, nights out? Is in there my like life? a one night out that sticks in your mind? Like, um, might even be from and something that I didn't even mention. We might need to talk about in a minute. Your trip to New York. Yeah. It might be. You know, well, to, yeah. I mean, you know. Taking Mike to the Giants game and going to the to, to, to the tailgate beforehand party. I mean, that was that wasn't a night. That was a day out. That was a yeah. massive experience. So that was the last big massive day, okay. and I loved it. I mean, just great to spend time with Mike. He was an incredible. And game. everyone is, yeah. you know, so sociable. At those Do you know what was? I tell you something. We we did know in all seriousness. There's a free bar, so you pay your fifty dollars because you're get because we're guests from the and we you know we yeah. didn't have friends we were going with, so we paid to go in this little enclosure. It was brilliantly run. There's a free bar. There's spirits everywhere. Do you know? Not no one was getting absolutely hammered. No one was getting slammed. No one. I did feel there was a slight difference between American culture and yeah. British culture in that sense. You know, people were being responsible with it. I can add a few. Rum and Cokes before the game. Yeah, that about hot dogs. Yeah, that was it. Oh, <laughs> there was incredible food. So, it was, yeah, no, that was glorious and wonderful. Now, your dream bar crawl. So, three people, oh, wow. dead or alive. Oh. Why, you, like, where you're going to take them for a bar crawl. So, again, you might, it might be, oh, it might man, be that you're taking three so people hard. tailgating. Yeah. It might be that you're taking them to oh, your brother's yeah. place in Mexico. It might be that you're going... Oh yeah, to the dodgy pubs of Streff- Streffham. Oh uh, well, Streffham. I mean, the people I would choose would be yeah. at home in any one of those. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, oh gosh, well Desmond Tutu. Yeah, straight off Archbishop. He's he's Archbishop Desmond Tutu. 
He's coming. Yeah. Oh, man. This is a killer. Uh, who else do I absolutely love? I probably want some ex-pro football. Tony, Ca- Tony Cascarina. No, not Tony Cascarina. That's a terrible Vinny, choice. Surely, Vinny, Vinny Jones. He'd be a great bodyguard to have with you, wouldn't he, for a start? Yeah. So I'll take Vinny. Yeah. And, uh, Desmond Tutu, Vinny, Des- Jones, Vinny Jones, Joe Davis and... <laughs> Jesus? Yeah, if he's not too busy. <laughs> if he's yeah. not too busy. Yeah, probably. And where would you take him? Oh, well, we'd, uh, we'd go back around all my locals. Yeah. That I've been to. Just, I've never been a big one for going out, uh, you know, just for nights out. Like, it's like, you're coming to me, well, let's go to my local well, for a bit. It, and rest- you know, I've not done the whole going out. I never could never afford it when I was you, younger. Well, you mentioned it again. Keep going back to this meal, don't we? But you mentioned yeah. the meal that as much as you love a meal out, you'd rather have people oh, around yours eating. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Bring some great wine with you when you Perfect. come. And we will, we will have wine. I, I will lay on great food. Preferably Rachel will lay on great food, to be honest. But, you know, we'll have some great food together. So yeah, it's interesting. Tomorrow night we've got a podcast listener coming who I've only met once before, but he's coming for a meal. I said, come, come and have a meal oh, with us, bring some wine. Bring some wine. That's all. That's your entry fee. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned as well that uh, the last episode, the Amy Hart episode. If you haven't listened to it, listen. Very good. Uh, she's got you onto the old super jumper. But oh, yeah. what would your end of the night, mute, end of the night song be? Somebody says you're in the Golden Lion, and they go, oh. they go, ring, ring, ding, ding, ding. Final, like, last orders, bar shut, right, everyone needs to go, but Joe's oh, going to put man. one song on. Well, we'd probably have to go for a band, Rachel and I assume that. So it's got to be a bit of the Jovi. It's got to be oh, okay. Living on a Prayer, I living guess. Living on a Prayer, like Bon Jovi, Just nice. Classic. Maybe That's you shocking. give Love a bad name. I don't know. Well, but Bon Jovi, yeah. nice. Yeah. That's got to have the Jovi. Does that shock me? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. No. <laughs> right, quick fire then. Okay. Bottles or cans? Bottles. Bottles. Pub or club? Pub. Type of alcohol, I think. Wine, Wine. White, not real ale? It depends, You've doesn't gone, it? You have gone wine heavy. I, yeah, yeah. Wine. I, I, I think it's gone. And red or white? Red. Red. Malbec, Shiraz, Merlot? Uh, do you know what? Uh, probably Shiraz, but I, I, Italian. I'm really into the Italian stuff. Italian the Puglia region. Oh, my gosh. And Mind then, blank. the last question, do you have a favourite TV pub? Like oh! A, like a pub, like a, yeah. a Queen Vic, a Rover's Return, it might be Cheers, it might be, you know, oh, Clarence from How I Met Your Mother, it might be, I don't know. Do you know what? It might I, be Moe's Tavern from The Simpsons. I, <laughs> That's really quality. You just mentioned any that I might have said now yeah. because I don't know any. No, tell us, tell us what one it would <laughs> well, be. Well, it probably would be Moe's Tavern from The Simpsons <laughs> on the basis of that is a good local, isn't it? Yeah, you've got, and, and that is that is the perfect local. You've got a barman that's you've always got, angry, and then you've got your your typical drinkers propping up the bar every day. It, it's, it's basically great. like going. It's to the, the Golden Lion Friday night. The Golden Lion. <laughs> the Golden Lion. That's what it is. Well, Joe, the last thing for me to say is thank you very much. Bless you, mate. You're a very good friend of mine. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. It's been another cracker. The curry was lovely. I bless you. Shafiq. Shafiq legend. I I am going to do, I have said I'm going to do a Snakey's Tap Tour 
oh, curry club episode. Oh, nice. Have something, have something to talk about. Yeah. Microphone in the middle of the table, breaking poppadoms, got, you know, gar- lovely sweet. garlic naans and just chatting. Now, that is my kind of church. That it, well, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to get you on for the old curry club episode. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the episode, tell your friends to hashtag turn the tap on. Nice. Follow us on Instagram, Snakey's Tap Talk. Follow us on Twitter, Snakey's Tap Talk. And all I can say is cheers. Cheers.